everyone, and welcome <laughs> to Thursday Live Lesson. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. I'm going to be your instructor for today. Joining me are these two gentlemen, Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamura. So what's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Fergan. So what's up, Kahai? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been kind of tumbling lately, like with the uh, fumbling with, with, um, with, the, with the intros, especially on Fridays, like a little Friday Live Jam. It's because you guys are not physically here in the room with me. So I can't mm-hmm. be like, like, okay. Like, say, what's up, Aaron? Because Aaron's usually here and then Kahai is here. So I go like left <laughs> or right kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But then um, when sometimes on on, on a Low Friday Live, like sometimes Kahai's name is right right front center. Sometimes Aaron's you know name is like right before his. And it kind of mixes it up every now and then. So whenever I say it, it's like, oh, Kahai, say what's up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not the flow. <laughs> it's not like the right flow. But I think I think I got it now. Uh, two months later, I think I I think I got it. The got the funny the right. funny so, thing that what happens. Thursday? I was just gonna say the funny thing that happens is that when you say like oh say what's up, I say it pretty quickly. Like I respond pretty quickly, but I know that there's a delay to you guys. <laughs> so I say it and I just sit here and yeah. then it's like a couple seconds and then you're like all right <laughs> before you answer back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ah. Uh, yeah, it's okay. been it's been good though. I mean, it's it's been kind of a this the social distancing thing has been kind of allowing us to talk to some pretty interesting people that like we brought some uh, some awesome guests in and um and next week. So you know, right off the bat, we're going to announce it right now. I'm gonna call my shot. You know, I'm gonna Babe Ruth it and call my shot. Next week we have an amazing guest. Okay, uh, we have Kale Gamiao coming for next week. So for those of you folks who are uh, who are live right now who are listening to this and want to ask Kale whatever question you may have Kalei. we usually don't announce our um other than mike uh, we don't usually announce our our guests until they come in but this is a good time to kind of you know like send us questions that you want Kalei to answer okay so Kalei gamia will be on next week's uh podcast he might bring a guest he might not um so we might have more than one guest but for now confirmed you know is is uh mr Kalei gamia for next week thursday live lesson okay so um, let us know. Email us over, you know, on um, questions. The questions, the email. Yeah. Uh, questions at ukuleleunderground.com with the S. Yeah. That's yeah. always the thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll make like a forum yeah. post so for you, it too. He'll be here. So you can ask him whatever questions you want. So we'll kind of start to get those questions. So by the time next week comes over, um, we'll just kind of rapid fire it to Kalei's way or um, Kalei. And if we have another guest coming on alongside Kale. It'd be really cool. So um yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. But once again, Thursday Live Lesson is here. This is where we answer any and all of your questions. So if you guys have any burning questions, you guys could always email us. You can text us. You can uh, send us messages on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I don't know. What, what is TikTok? I don't have one of those. But um <laughs> uh, we, we have we have Facebook <laughs> where you guys want to send us messages. You can send us messages and questions. We'll try to answer them as best as we can. Um, my two gentlemen colleagues are going to uh, be answering them as well. We're going to put those answers together and come up with a super answer just for you. So let's get started. Kai, give me the first question. Uh, we don't have questions this week. Uh, we have uh, a student mm-hmm. review. But before, can I, is it possible right. to receive TikTok if we don't have a TikTok? Can we get questions <laughs> through it? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I only see TikTok like via Instagram. like Because people repost their, their TikTok because I guess they're not getting enough attention on tiktok that they have to repost <laughs> it on instagram and i see it on instagram i'm like is there an entire social you know 
a social media platform for this that this is made for it's even branded on like you know on the video yeah. itself why would you repost it on a different social media yeah. sorry I, I don't understand kids these days <laughs> so if you want us to answer your tiktok I think, questions I think a lot of that they should they oh, should yeah. they should do that <laughs> yeah. and then send it to our instagram because we have an instagram but we don't have a tiktok right <laughs> yeah, we do have an instagram yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you saying, Eric? No, no, I think people are reposting other people's TikToks. Oh, yeah. Instagram, right? Because yeah, I, I guess if you own the original video, you would, wouldn't you just upload it to Instagram? <laughs> that's what right, I thought, right? you know, without the TikTok logo. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I mean, that's that's true for yeah. for a bunch, but there are people that I see. It's like the same screen name, you know, like in the TikTok yeah, yeah, on on yeah. Instagram. It's like why double post this? Sorry, yeah. that's my question for Thursday Live. Like, just send me a lesson on that, Kahai. You're you're a young kid. <laughs> No, us adults know what these what's going on in these young kids' minds. I know I'm like an old man in a younger, youngish person's body <laughs> because, like, even when I look up TikTok, sometimes I'll look up TikTok. Like, I'm mm-hmm. curious, and I spell it with like a C and a like you know T I C K T O C K. I'm like, oh wait, no, no, it's not. Ah, yeah, take out letters. Ah, what is all these? Le- ah, yeah. I hate all these. <laughs> these things that got take out and spell differently. Google like, already knows what your age is. Like, <laughs> just uh, 35 based. to 45. Yeah. They, they just send me ads yeah. on like, oh, is your back aching or do you have to mow the lawn? It's like, <laughs> No, yeah. I'm not that old. Targeted ads. Dang it. For a leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Kind of a leave that's like easy to open for arthritis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> arthritis. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I guess send us however, however you, you know, you can contact us. We'll try to answer them as best as we can. All right. So, um, yeah. So what's, what's, what's the business today, Kai? We got, we do have a student review. You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, we didn't really get, um, uh, questions beforehand. So yeah, might as well just dive okay. into that, I guess. Yeah. So let's, let's do this. Okay. So we do have a student review, but before we get into this, um, just letting you guys know that we are live, which is a live chat. And I, you know, I know, you know, some of you folks are in the live chat right now, uh, utilize that live chat and ask us questions there. Or if you guys, you know, and, um, Today, because it's pretty lax, we don't have a you know we don't have a guest today, and we don't really have questions. You guys can just basically ask us anything. So you know we're opening it up every now and then. We do this; just ask us anything. It doesn't have to. Well, we prefer it to be an ukulele related question, but you know if if not, then we'll try to answer the uh, the question anyway. Okay. So there was a student review sent by Will. So he's doing a follow up from uh, from last week because we we did a student review last week, and he sent us another student review in response to that review that we uh, that we gave him. So um, Will, and for to refresh all of you folks' memory, he was the guy who kind of wasn't hitting all you know all four strings. He wasn't following through. He just kind of like like strum like this, you know, like with a uh, with just maybe the bottom two or the top two and stuff. Like we're talking about. Make sure you hit all the strings, okay? Um, just first and foremost, uh, it, it seems like you tried to adjust it a little bit, but you're still getting the same results. You're not hitting all the strings. And I suggest my first big, big, big suggestion is one of two things. You can either um, practice in front of a mirror or better yet, practice in front of your, you know, like, uh, or take the video even that you sent us. Watch that video again, Okay. And, and really, you know, watch how you practice because that's the only way that you're going to see because uh, you might not see it from your angle, from your angle, if you're doing this and you're still doing, you know, the same kind of uh, um, same mistakes or uh, you know, the same, you know, like bad habits, 
Like you might be able to see it if you watch yourself do that. Because from from our you know from our point of view and from from kind of an outsider looking in, we can you know we can definitely tell right away. You know, and you you can probably see it too if you watch the video over. Watch that video again of you playing, and you can see clearly that you're not hitting you know all all four strings. But with that said, another thing to uh you know to to keep in mind is the position of, uh, of, of your arm, your fingers, and the ukulele in general. So let's go over that. Um, just I know this is uh, basic ukulele 100 stuff, but sometimes, you know, we, uh, we have to kind of recheck ourselves, okay? So thumb pointer is going to be down here. You want to hold your ukulele from, uh, from the neck, where the neck meets the body with your thumb and pointer right there, okay? So you're going to hold that, and you're going to put that uh, on your lap right here on uh, on my thigh. I'm going to place my ukulele right there, just the lower bow, okay? It's pointing up like this and not straight down. You can put it, you can put it not straight down, but uh, to, to my left. Not completely straight to my left, but it's angled up in kind of a, I don't know, 40, whatever, would that be 45 degrees? That would be kind of a 45 degree angle, right? Or close to whatever you feel comfortable for you. Okay, so you have it <laughs> down like this. Thumb and pointer kind of touches the uh, touches the neck where the neck meets the body. Forearm will like just naturally go down here on the, on the lower bout of the ukulele on the other side. So one side of the lower bout is on your thigh. The other side is uh, is is being not pinched, but is being you know you're using that to put your forearm on. Okay, so right there because what that does is when you start strumming. You get this nice twist of the wrist. And if you twist your wrist, you should be able to follow through with all four strings like so. So from here, if I lift the um, the wrist a little bit, do that. So I'm going to lift because I'm going to take my pointer finger and start to point right where I want to strum. So if I want to strum right here, and just kind of follow through. You don't want it to, uh, you know, you don't want to just take your pointer finger and, and do that. You want to follow through with your entire wrist. It's not just your pointer finger doing the... Because this is kind of what you're doing. Notice that it's just not, you're not hearing the C or the G at all, you know, when, when I'm strumming that way. So you want to be able to hear all four strings and, uh, and you want to be able to hear them clean, clear, just as loud as the rest. So you want to hear. Because right now I'm only hearing. Well, it's okay. It's fine. Um, but I'm sure that's not what you want or what you're trying to go for. You know, that might be okay for some things, you know, like if you want to create a contrast between a big strum, that would be the opposite of a big strum, be a small strum. But, you know, if uh, if you're starting out with the ukulele, if you really want to, you know, learn the right way, that's kind of how you go about approaching it. Um, another thing is you mentioned your strap and you mentioned like, oh, maybe if I do this with my strap and whatever, try to do this without a strap. Okay. Because uh, if you do this without a strap first and knowing where the comfort, you know, where your comfort zone is or where your ukulele belongs without this, you know, without the strap, that should help out a lot. Okay. Do this without the strap. Put your, you know, like, and, and, and put it down right on your, you know, on your thigh because you don't need a strap when you're sitting down. Like you, you really, you really don't. I mean, uh, some people might use, you know, might use a strap so that it's, you know, that it's, uh, they're comfortable and they're, they're easy. But to those people, I'm sure they know how to hold it with, you know, without the strap on that they, they can still kind of, 
know how to play it. But make sure that you're comfortable without it. And then when you put it on, uh, when you because I'm not saying that like don't use it when you're sitting down. You can use a strap if you're sitting down, but you will have to adjust your strap to uh, to where it it, it lies um, comfortably and where you can play it, where you can play it comfortably um, without the strap. So if it's here, you know, for me. Then when I put my strap on, I'm going to adjust it so that it sits in the same place as it would without the strap. The strap just kind of helps keep it steady in place. Okay. The strap shouldn't determine like how high or how low your ukulele is. The strap should just be supporting the, uh, the ukulele where, you know, where uh, you normally hold it anyway, like right here. Okay. So, you know, keep those things in mind, but definitely, definitely. Um, take a video of yourself practicing. And this is not just for you, Will, but for everyone out there. You know, like if you um, if you're concerned that something does, you know, like something's not sounding right, something doesn't look right, the first thing that you should do is uh, is make a you know take a video of yourself playing and take a look at what it looks like. If are you hitting you know check make a checklist? Are you hitting all the strings? Is you know are you touching other strings on the left hand? Um, should you adjust your technique, you know, a, a little bit? Because, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to answer all these questions for you, but it's also good to kind of take a, you know, a really quick self-evaluation to like, okay, well, am I holding it right? Am I doing this? Am I, you know, am I doing that? Am I doing the the right way that he taught us and whatnot? And then you can ask us and you can kind of double check with us and we'll, you know, like let you know if you're in the right track or not. But for the most part, it it pays to um, to kind of, practice uh, correctly which is making sure that you know um what you look like and you know like that you're doing the right form what do you guys think? yeah I, I think um will too he sends us uh videos with like questions and he very pointedly like plays what he thinks is like or you know he kind of tries to point out what he thinks is he's doing wrong or like what's mm. he wants to fix you know so he only plays yeah. that but it kind of if he's gonna make a video too it'd be helpful if it was like just a full playthrough of one song that he he can play along to or something you know for mm. for himself and for us because like um just seeing just that part is like we can focus on that but we kind of it doesn't really give us a full view of what understanding yeah yeah like what how does that like because he kind of just like strums a few chords to surf right like instead i would want to see how that actually is like when it he's trying to play the full song you know the full song of surf mm -hmm. and then see how it fits into there and then i think that could give us a better idea of like overall what we can tell you like oh you might want to try this where you're playing or this is we see you doing this a lot you know so it's it's i i can understand why will is doing that but it's not really like a good natural um showing of what he you know what he probably looks like when he's playing a full song so that that would probably help mm -hmm. us and him both yeah definitely that um what aldrin was saying about uh holding it where the neck meets the body like, because that will determine where on your forearm the the lower bout is supposed to be. Because it it kind of seems like his um his hand is more like up this way, kind of closer to where the lower bout is is connecting closer to his wrist. So and that's kind of taking out a lot of that stuff. So if he if he just holds where the neck meets the body and then figures out where from there his forearm should be. Like mine, mine is 
kind of almost closer to my elbow, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost, almost like in the crook of my elbow, um, like mm-hmm. almost there, not quite. And then I'm strumming like this, where I have like a lot more room to twist and play around with the full range of motion of my wrist than if I were here. And then I, I would try to like focus on wh- whatever strings I could reach, but yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of like extending that a little bit more and then also playing around with the um, placement of your ukulele. It should be um, pretty balanced. So when you're holding your ukulele to your body, um, the point of contact to my body is kind of close to the center of the ukulele instead of back here. So like my body is like, is not, is not against my body here on the ukulele, it's more here. And then that way, like I can hold it at two points, like this point is holding it. And then this point is holding it. And I can just like, you know, it's just floating. I'm not, I'm not pressing it to my body really hard. It's just kind of like floating there. And then that way I have enough arm to, to do my strum. So I think, you know, if you just kind of focus on that, that should be, mm-hmm. you know, that should be yeah. like a, a whole, whole different strum, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and there's then, a couple. Then, yeah. Without the without the strap too, you should be able to figure that out yes, first. Yes. And then the strap um is just gonna be adjusted for where it where you know it naturally feels right. You know, because I mean you you played without a strap for a long time, right, yeah. Aldrin? <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah. standing up on stage, plugged yeah. in. You know, it's a young man's game, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's a young so man's the, game. So the strap really is only just mm-hmm. to have it in the place yeah. where you would naturally have it yeah um just so that yeah. you don't have to think as much mm-hmm. but you should be able to hold it to mm-hmm. yourself you know mm-hmm. relatively easily um and then especially if you're just doing strumming and not like a lot of picking and stuff on the higher frets no. you, you should be able to need... just kind of hold it yeah that's no that's what i was kind of telling him i was saying that like really if you see professionals perform and they're using a strap it's probably because they're standing up but if they're sitting down like Mm -hmm. they don't really need a strap and i I told him for like us growing up like we would just carry around our ukes all over you know schools and stuff and not have straps or something like i i can't imagine ever like a time where i was like i saw somebody with the ukulele and i'm like oh can i try it out and they had to take off their strap first to hand it to me you know they were just carrying it around and playing (laughs) while like walking around the school or whatever i i think like oh I can see why people do this, but I think that a lot of, we get this problem a lot and a lot of people jump into, Oh, I want to get to that, that playing ukulele. So they just go straight to that without learning the fundamental of like holding it first, you know, or like really making sure that they're comfortable holding it. And then when they figure out that like, Oh, I'm not really comfortable holding this instrument or like, I can't figure out a comfortable way to hold this instrument. Then they just figure that the strap is their solution. But the strap is kind of like just a tool to help you when in specific search situations, if you're not comfortable holding it, sitting down without a strap, the strap isn't going to make you like automatically make you a better player with it, you know? So unfortunately, like I, I think a lot of people have that idea that if I get a strap, I'll get become a better player. But that's like, not really true it just kind of helps you if you're you can already play too so yeah (laughs) yeah so um uh, i was gonna say that there's a couple of things that you can check out too video wise um first off i mean you know it sounds it it, uh, it, it sounds like like i'm gonna you know uh, suggest something 
very very basic but going back to you know to one of the themes of this podcast is there's you know the beginner is not a dirty word um check out ukulele 100 because 100 will um guide you through holding your ukulele and kind of doing your first strums i know like you're you know uh you're beyond that as far as your knowledge of the ukulele chords and whatnot but really you know just take some time to watch that again just maybe just the holding part and making sure that you're doing, you know, you're doing that part correctly. Also, another thing you can check out, Aaron made a nice lengthy video on, uh, on holding your ukulele. And the way that he explained it uh, in that video, I feel like is the best way that anyone's ever explained, like how to hold an, uh, an ukulele. I was very impressed by that video. I was like, this is, this is stuff that people should like, should just know, you know, like, and no one ever explained, including myself. I have never explained it that way. And I felt like, man, I should have explained it that way from the get-go because we wouldn't have as much problems as we do now you know like um there's there's the there's the triangle that you know that aaron talks about and there's you know like ways to uh kind of kind of hold your ukulele and where things should go there's there's like the seesaw you know kind of thing so make sure you check that out i uh, will probably post a <laughs> post a link you know to uh to that video so that's on our youtube if um and as for anyone i mean not just for you know not just for will but anyone who wants to uh check out how yeah, you know that video. If if you think you know how to hold a new ukulele, like watch that again. You're like, oh man, that is very informative. Because I saw a comment on the video. And they're like, like how long is that video? Like eight minutes or something? Like um, kind of long, yeah. Like ten minutes, yeah. Like, ten minutes. <laughs> so there's like a comment. They're like, do you really need ten minutes? You know, to uh to teach you how to hold the uh the ukulele. And my short answer is yes. Like I, I wish because <laughs> we like... get we get we keep getting questions about it. So yeah, yeah, and so it's like it's amazing. The way, that you ex- <laughs> the way you explained it is like yeah, that's how everyone should hold their ukulele. And that makes so much sense. Like everything you know that they talked about in that video, like pertains to all the questions that we're we're, we're getting. And um, a lot of uh, a lot of the time, people are like, oh, you know, like. I'm I'm trying to play this chord or trying to do this, and then you see like the wrist is like up here or whatever, and that's because they're holding it against their body like so. So they're like elbow and wrist is kind of doing this, and they can't play certain chords. But if you just like kind of move it forward, bam, that like you know straightens it out, and then you can play those chords a lot more comfortably. And no one's gonna tell you that, you know. It's it's like you kind of just have to. Most people figure it out for themselves, but that's you know that's not everyone. So, uh, for for those people watch Aaron's video. It's awesome. I mean, I recommend it highly to a bunch of people when I'm doing private lessons. I like, I recommend that video a lot just because that is the best explanation of how to hold your ukulele. So check out ukulele 100 and check out Aaron's video on holding the ukulele. I think, I I think like, um, when you started learning to play ukulele, how often do you Mm -hmm. see like, or cause I don't even remember going to the music store and thinking about getting a strap for my ukulele. Like, I don't think I thought about using a strap for ukulele until like I work for ukulele underground, you know, like here in Hawaii is very much, <laughs> yeah, like, you don't still... really see that. So like, I, I think um mm-hmm. that is the thing where it's like people in Hawaii, like we automatically assume like you don't need a strap and we just mm-hmm. learn how to hold it. And, you know, like we fumble with it for like a long time yeah. until we naturally <laughs> learn how to do that. But Aaron's video like breaks down mm-hmm. all that that fumbling and like how do I get this to feel comfortable to like where he just explains you know if you follow these rules like you should feel pretty secure with your ukulele from this so like um but like I think people skip that instead and just get a strap and then they feel like 10 20 percent more stable and they say like oh my problems are fixed but mm-hmm. like 
for us like or i couldn't imagine doing that and like it's almost to me it seems like somebody who plays who's bowls and then just like oh i should put up the what is it like the lane covers or the gutter covers and then i can i can always hit pins right but then it's like but what happens when you have to play like a real game of bowling without those things like you're you're not gonna play good like it's it's kind of the same thing it's like straps are fine but you know you don't want to you don't want to rely on it to be your main source of supporting your ukulele yeah and um I wanted to add that, like, back in, you know, back in the day, there was no strap pegs for any ukulele, you know, like, soprano oh, <laughs> concert yeah, and tenor. Like, it was not a thing. Like, there's no strap pegs uh, to to hold your ukulele up. And that was the standard back then. You know, like, if you wanted a strap, you'd have to modify ukulele the strap or purchase, like, a classic guitar strap that kind of goes, like, underneath in the hole and stuff. And I wanted to, to add that, like, Jake for most of his career did not use a strap until like, you know, he marketed a Jake Shobukuro strap <laughs> for, for himself and stuff. But for the most part, if you watch a lot of his, um, you know, a lot of his clips when he's playing, he like almost never wears a strap uh, other than like maybe the past five, six years. But mm-hmm, like for, mm-hmm. for most of his career, he did not. Most of uh, most of the beginnings of my career, I did not. And um, I only started using it because I was playing a um, ovation for, for a little while and ovation is almost impossible to play it without a strap standing up yeah. but even and that then, was one of the few that had a strap peg yeah for yes it, right? yes yeah that you know and um uh, i moved over to kamaka ukulele like after you know af- after being kind of like oh, okay it's you know the, the ovation has kind of stayed it's <laughs> overstayed its welcome just because like i was really reliant on that op24 plus pickup that they had and it just sounded so good that like the attack and everything else like i didn't care about but once i got my kamaka <laughs> that's when stuff like attack and uh you know and touch like really started to kind of matter and um mm-hmm. when i switched over to my kamaka that's that's when i stopped using straps again and then um up until you know speaking to jake he worked on my he worked on my pickup and when he worked on my pickup he um i i asked him because he took it to uh, he worked on the pickup himself but he took it to kamaka to kind of take a look at it and to get the parts and stuff but uh because he was taking a kamaka i was like could i just get like a strap peg you know while you're while you're taking it to the doctors like can i get a booster <laughs> shot you know kind of thing like anyway so i got it and that's when i first started using straps like uh, not maybe not first but when i started using straps again with an ukulele other than the uh the ovation but yeah for um so going back for those of you who are like what is an op24 plus op op24 plus is like uh i think it's said for ovation pickup like Mm -hmm. then the number 24 you know 24 plus but it was like the best friggin pickup that i've ever used my ukulele (laughs) like it's just so good but it can only be used by a ukulele that was built like a tank like how ovation was or or applause you know applause is built like a tank and that the OP24 Plus worked because it was built like a tank. But with nice ukuleles like this, I don't think that um, that would work as well. And I've just been on, you know, like on the search for uh, for a pickup that was half as good <laughs> like as the OP24 <laughs> Plus, really. Like, and then you know, I came across friggin' um, the Natural One by uh, by Fishman, Fishman Natural One uh, Matrix. And then they stopped making that too. I was like, man, this is... <laughs> like why are people not yeah. making good things? <laughs> 
Do you so, want to um do you want to also explain to people who might not know why innovation was like hard to hold to you or like why it was hard to play without a strap? Okay, so the ovation was tough to hold out a strap because uh ovation they're known for rounded backs. You know like uh it's kind of I don't know if it's a graphite wood. I don't know what that that thing is made of. Um yeah. you know it's like a composite material. Composite. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's mostly plastic, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's round. It's a rounded back. So like to you know, if you're playing with it sitting down, it's okay. Like it's still not the most comfortable thing, you know, like sitting down playing with it. But you can. But standing up playing with it, it's just like it, <laughs> it, it slips it, away. It's, it's not. It slips away. Plus, it's super heavy because that OP twenty four plus that I'm talking about is a like a tank. Of a pickup, <laughs> it's it's got the pickup, it's got the EQs, it's got the battery. You know, like it's a it's a tank inside your ukulele. But because the um the applause ukulele was was built like with with those specs in mind, with like that weight in mind, with the weight of the uh the pickup, it, it did sound that great. You know, I give it like a four, five <laughs> out of ten in sounds acoustically. But yeah. plugged in, it was just. I mean, guys like like Imua Garza like swear by that ukulele, and mm-hmm. Imua recorded um on that ukulele. You normally don't, you know, like um record just just with the uh, you know just with the plug, but Imua could because that pickup was super good. Mm-hmm. For for that instrument, yeah, for that instrument, it was yeah. it was good. And so, like the OP Pickers albums, it was um, you know, it was recorded with that ukulele plugged in, and it sounds really good. I'm not, you know, no one can can say that that album did not sound good, mm-hmm. or at least the ukulele that album did not sound because it did, even though it was just like an applause plugged <laughs> in. But yeah, we're talking like three hundred dollar ukulele. Like sounded mm-hmm. so good, you know. I I didn't yeah. know that. That's, but, that's uh, good pretty... luck finding that ukulele now, though. Yeah, do, that's, do that's they pretty not make that already? Um, I think I think they stopped making uh the the applause. I haven't seen you know. Yeah, I haven't seen applause ukuleles in, in a long, at least new ones. You know, like the old <laughs> ones definitely are still there. I'm not sure. Don't fact check me on that. You know, <laughs> but uh, I I think they at, at least slowed down production. If if it didn't stop completely, I think they slowed down production, and you can't find it at three hundred dollars anymore. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. at least like five six hundred bucks. But even at that price, like if you're just a working musician solely playing on stage, like mm-hmm. man, that worth that it. Uke was yeah, it is. That's why I was like, if I lost all sponsors, when I gotta like you know I gotta pick up another ukulele again, it would have been. Um, Who's that? The Godin. Uh, yeah, Godin. It would have been Godin because Godin mm-hmm. is the closest to what applause was back in the day. But it sounded a little bit better because the Godin, I don't know, maybe it was built better. The top was better. Uh, mm-hmm. The pickup was definitely, you know, that was was on point as well. But, but it's more expensive. It was like a yeah, it's like a thousand bucks. bucks. Yeah. 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 So if you know, if I wasn't sponsored by Kanye or by anybody, and it's just like I just needed an ukulele that works, you know, that I know is is just it's gonna perform well. Is it's going to be solid, and um, and I wouldn't have any like, not not just intonation problems, but like the uh, pickup problems and stuff. It would have been a Godin, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm lucky enough to be part of a Kanyelea family, so that if there is anything that I needed adjustment, you know, Joe Souza was like as like a phone call away, <laughs> so yeah. like it's way better now. But if if I had to Godin, good stuff. Yeah. That's a great uke. I played um, McKenna has one, and yeah. I played hers. Oh, the Godin. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think she also got like um, either like a Kala or uh, an Ohana or something like that. Um, but she got another ukulele that's like uh, like a wood, like a koa ukulele. 
And then she started using that other one. I'm like, man, that's like go down though. Sounds Isn't, so much yeah. better. Balance is perfect. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, yeah. It's kind of the same thing with the applause though, right? Like it's it's a good stage ukulele, but it's not necessarily like yeah. a good ukulele just to have around the house and pick up and play whatever. No, not at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. So like Yoda in the chat is saying that no. the fluke ukulele has like a very similar material for the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fluke is a totally different instrument um because mm. when, when we're talking about the applause ukulele it did have like a, a kind of like a plasticky back to it but the top of the ukulele was super overbuilt yeah they had thick. braces thick. They yeah. were thick I... braces the, the top <laughs> itself was really thick yeah. and so all of the vibrations from your strings were just going straight into that pickup mm-hmm. it wasn't the... resonating the top at all so that mm-hmm. you could hear it acoustically mm-hmm. it was just going straight into the pickup and that's yeah. why the pickup sounded so great is because yeah. it had like all of the signal right there <laughs> just... <laughs> like it, nobody else could hear it's you overbuilt it. that's yeah. why yeah. it was just so overbuilt <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the same kind of idea as like uh like solid body guitars taking the, the that signal and being able to mm-hmm. to do something with it but mm. But still, yeah, they they figured out a way to do it well for acoustic nylon string mm. instruments. So, did you have yeah. an applause guitar like that you use for yeah. almost wines? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I that's what I used to. How did that in sound? High school. Uh, it was all right. Um, mm. It wasn't great, and it was really cheap. So <laughs> you know, like yeah, as a kid, as a kid <laughs> trying to play music uh, like on stage, you know, you just do get what <laughs> you can. Like, oh, you can afford. I, yeah, that's like three hundred bucks for that applause. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> that's I feel. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like so many kids in Hawaii grew up like with either a takamine or like a ovation applause guitar, right? Like yeah. just because it was yeah. cheap. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we yeah. could get. Couldn't get Martins, in couldn't fact, get Taylors. Like John yeah. Yamasato still uses, right? Takamine, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Takamine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a I had a Jasmine, which is like the squire. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. Of, uh, of oh. yeah. I had a Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. Jasmine was like <laughs> forgot the, about those oh, man. version of the, <laughs> of the Takamine. <laughs> but it was so good. It played so it played so well. And I think me and uh and boy, my um uh, my friend boy. Mm-hmm. He he also bought a jasmine because he heard my jazz. He's like, "How much you got this for? Like a hundred dollars? Yeah, hundred bucks." <laughs> and he bought one, like, yeah. and he he was stoked on it, you know. Yeah. yeah. The I, I was thinking about like the best way to describe how how it feels to hold a, a applause ukulele or like an ovation guitar is get your like heaviest uh glass salad bowl and one that doesn't have like uh you know a straight bottom to put on tables it's like completely curved and try and hold that to you like how you would hold a guitar or ukulele <laughs> and it's pretty much like that and then yeah. that's why it's like yeah. yeah this thing is impossible to hold standing up or it's even kind of hard to hold sitting down too sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah it's totally understandable why you gotta yeah. use a strap for that thing. It was a very I don't know why they wouldn't like re you know like re rebuild it or bring it back and stuff because I think people yeah. would buy it now. Like I I'd buy one for three hundred bucks. I'd buy it. I'd buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, or four hundred. <laughs> yeah, four hundred. Even a four hundred bucks. Be, I think I'd buy one. Be around there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we have another question? Yeah, Jameson just asked this. Um, he said at shows, do you switch out ukuleles for different songs, or do you just use one ukulele for the whole show? I use one ukulele for the uh, for for the whole show. Um, rarely do I, you know, do I switch. Um, yeah, I just don't do songs that like that would require like a low G or 
you know, or, or anything that I couldn't do with my ukulele that, that I brought to the show, I wouldn't do a song that, you know, that I would need another ukulele. So it's just, it's just about working your set list to not have to switch. I know some people do, and that's a great luxury, but that's what it is. It's like, it's a luxury to be able to bring two ukuleles to, you know, and for me, I, you know, I guess I could bring two, but I would have to like, you know, like have have a stand and put it there. And then like if if I would, you know, to do that for to switch it, then I would have to like retune the ukulele and then like re-EQ for that ukulele because like each ukulele I have a different EQ for. So it's not like I just plug out, plug into the other one and then play. Like it it requires like a lot of like kind of tinkering of like, okay, cool, I need to cut the highs here or you know, or like up the mids and lows. It's um it's really different. Like this ukulele is completely different from this one whereas this one is super boomy like you know when you uh, when you plug it in the c is very you know uh, very dominant of uh <laughs> dominant c um <laughs> it's it's a very dominant string and uh, it, it rings out very very loudly whereas this one is balanced like throughout and uh, i have uh, mary jane here somewhere I have Mary Jane here somewhere. I don't know where, where it went. But uh, my first ever um, Kanele Ukulele, that one where the E is a little bit, you know, uh, is a little bit weak. So there's some things that you kind of have to change EQ-wise. So it's tough to, you know, to uh, to kind of switch out. And if I'm talking luxury, like, I guess I could if I had two different setups, you know, for that ukulele and for the other one. But it's it's a luxury, really, <laughs> is, is yeah, what yeah. it is, you know? Like, I just, yeah. I can't. And it disrupts the flow of the show, too, you know? Like, because uh, if I have to take it out and put something else, I, you know, unless I had the luxury of a tech guy, like, that would just hand me a ukulele that's, like, all good already and would yeah. twist the knobs for me, knows what I want and whatnot. But it's, yeah. So short answer no, I don't. <laughs> I only <laughs> use one ukulele. When you, when you see that for like live performances, like a guy running mm-hmm. on stage with a guitar and they hand it to, you know, the performer and they take the guitar, mm-hmm. the new guitar and they start playing with it. Yeah. They, they have yeah. that whole setup. That's why in the back where they can just be like, okay, we're switching to guitar number two or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, so, yeah. so that's why like they can do that, but it, it's really hard. And it's, it's kind of amazing mm-hmm. when we talk to people who, do do that and you know they're they're just a one-man show but they carry all their instruments with them and they just they must you know figure out workarounds to like all the different problems that kind of introduces because it's just like the more complicated you make it the more like you know complicated you have to make all the solutions too so yeah Mm-hmm. I don't know how other people do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know some people do. I know, uh, I think Calais has two different ukuleles. Speaking of Calais, you know, uh, he has um, the, I think it's an Ultasan model, but or uh, but it's not the pineapple one. It's just like, you know, like kind of, um, it's the same shape as this, but then uh, it's got like the rope binding, I, I, I think. Um, then he has the, the regular like bear claw spruce that he has. Um, which is like the Kalei model. I know Jake has his his regular ukulele, and he has a baritone ukulele. Well, that's you know that's pretty cool. Um, so there's some. I know Victoria has like a few mm-hmm. ukuleles that she, you know that she uses, but really like uh, you know to each to each their own. Like I'm not saying that you know that you shouldn't do that or whatever, but I'm I'm saying that I don't have that luxury to you know to uh, to be setting up two different ones to be switching on stage, and also I don't like how it kind of disrupts the flow of my show. You know, for some people, 
that's like they they handle it well like victoria for example you know when she's switching out like she's talking to the audience doing doing all that stuff but then um you know for me and i tune a lot like after every song so <laughs> if if i'm tuning you know one ukulele then like then plugging it out uh, plugging it off and then plugging the other one in tuning that and then have to eq it and you know, it's tough to be talking to the audience and be thinking of all these things because what if, you know, what if I mess something up and uh, I have to wait until the next song to fix it because I can't try <laughs> to fix it during you know, during the song. It's it's a lot, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. People do, but I don't. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. even if you get, because you were saying too, right, like uh, those two Kanye Ukulele's you would have to set up differently. But even if you mm-hmm. get the same model, like, you probably would want to make little adjustments for each, you know, there's just is like little yeah. differences with every instrument that you have to adjust to. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, um, the workhorse ukulele that I have that, uh, that Aaron has, you know, in, in, in an office like that, the, uh, the pickup is nice and balanced, um, but it doesn't, but the, uh, the output of the volume is not as much. So you would have to like crank it up a little bit on the, uh, on the venue, uh, LR bags venue. But if I plug this one in, for example, you would have to turn that down because it's like a very bright, you know, uh, the way that the pickup, you know, works in that is a lot brighter than the other one. Although they're same, they're the same model. They're two Aldrin models, and they're the same pickup that's in there. It's going to be different, like you know, each each time. Yeah, Jim, the same like same log, everything. It's like it's the same you, <laughs> but it's you have to do it differently. Sorry, what would Jim, what Jim say? Uh, no, uh, Jim. So Jim in the chat, uh, Jim from Australia. Mm-hmm. He said that yeah. uh, he does use two ukuleles, but he uses mm-hmm. the the Fishman amp that has two channels, and he sets each of them mm-hmm. to one yeah. channel. Yeah, so that that and then he says yeah. like he has like a switch so he can turn them on and off and everything. But then he also just adds that it's a lot to carry everything too if you're gonna mm-hmm. do that yeah. whole setup. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, basically double what yeah. you what you have bring normally on bring. Stage. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, I just uh, I, I can't you know. I don't. I don't know how drummers do it, dude. <laughs> like oh, yeah. all that stuff. It's the worst. Drummer. It's the worst. It's the worst. That's so bad, you know. I, I think uh, drummers like they call their friends and then they're like, "Hey, I'm coming to the city. Can I use your kit? Can you, can I use your kit? And can we make it kind of like mine? And if they can, they're like, oh, thank God, I don't have to fly with all my my whole kit and stuff.'" Because yeah, I, I've yeah, heard horror yeah. stories of that. It's I like, think yeah, like Abe Abe usually brings his symbols. Yeah, that's it. Because mm-hmm. his, his symbols are more important than everything else. He, I think that that's what he was kind of saying. And then maybe a sh- a snare that he mm-hmm. you know he really likes for mm-hmm. certain things. So yeah. yeah. In in high school, I chose clarinet because I was like, you know, <laughs> just because of yeah, that. Yeah, me too. You, you get to carry it. Like, uh, bam, bam, like a transformer, you know? Like, yeah, just yeah. Take it up. I, I play trumpet, which, you know, it's like a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but even still, it's on the smaller side of instruments. And my, my friend who played trombone, mm-hmm. she just like hated me because I'm like, why? You kind of carry your trombone everywhere. <laughs> She's like, no. And, you know, walking to class with a trombone, it's like, there's no way to look mm. cool without, like, you're going to whack somebody when you turn or you're going to make chairs <laughs> yeah. fall over. Yeah. yeah. I hated the, um, 
the the piccolo player, the flute players that like during marching practice would play piccolo, and it's just like you can barely hear the you know, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. piccolo, but they're just doing it because they wanted to carry something even smaller than their flute. And it's just uh-huh. like I wish I had a piccolo version of like this clarinet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I was I was only angry because I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my That's friend. Not the dirtiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I remember my friend who played the sousaphone in marching band. He would be the one that'd oh. be like, "Come on, guys, let's let's just get this done so we can get out of here. I'm tired of carrying this <laughs> yeah, thing. Do it right." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, sorry." Yeah. He has to march through that thing. Yeah? yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I remember every time he was like, oh, "Okay, gosh. you guys." We're going to take a break, but just stand in place. You would like immediately throw that thing off and be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So any, uh, any other questions? Uh, yeah, Cameron has a question, but we, we should, uh, save that. Like, uh, we should ask or, um, we should ask Kalei next week how he does travel with his two yukes and everything and how he sets that up. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we ask the question and then we'll compare between my answer this week and then uh, <laughs> Kalei's answer next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Cameron, uh, Cameron asked like, a, or Cameron asked another question. He did ask a question specifically mm-hmm. for you and Kalei, but he asked um, why you're making songs about chocolate playing cards. Um, why not? Is my question. <laughs> you know, like, I mean. You know, there's a song for everything. I mean, there's, you know, if you think about it, give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that. And you can, you can complete that, you know, that song right there. So if they're writing songs about that, you know, that's, I can write songs about brown playing cards. (laughs) That's, That's my, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. You can write a song about anything. And I've heard songs about anything, you know, everything <laughs> under the sun. And like, sometimes I'm surprised what the subject matter of some songs are. That I'm like, that's what they're talking about, you know? Like, like, um, and, and it's <laughs> like, for example, that I, and I always use this song as an, uh, as an example. Like, I grew up with that song. Have I told you lately that I love you? You know that song by um I, I guess it's a Van Morrison song, but I I knew the um the Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart version of that song. So and my dad played it in the car all the time and stuff. And I would like I would sing it. I always thought you know and I would like uh, I, I would I would sing it thinking about my crushes you know when I was in high school and stuff. But then like I don't know who uh, who told it to me, but uh, it was maybe somebody from my church because um Chris the the yeah it was definitely Chris the bass from my church he's, he's like playing that song and i've always kind of known him to be like a very christian man but he only sings christian songs and stuff so um when uh when we went on this kind of like church uh trip to oahu and woke up and he grabbed the guitar and he started singing have i told you lately i was like that's kind of out of character for you chris and then he's like what do you mean <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> You know, like <laughs> it's a Rod Stewart song. He's like, no, it's by Van Morrison. It's about God. And it's like, what? He's <laughs> like, it's in the words. He's like, there's a love that's divine. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> and it's yours it's, and it's mine. Yeah. Get it's down like, on my knees and I pray to the one. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like how much people use uh, Isn't She Lovely as like a first dance song or as like a, whatever, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm going to ask this girl out and I'm going to play Isn't She Lovely. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not, that's about a baby. What are you talking about? 
It's about his about his child. If you you can hear the yeah, baby so it's, crying, it's I can talk about anything. Yeah, <laughs> I've you know, uh, like we were just talking about Abe. Abe has a you know one of my favorite Abe songs is called Boondoggle Goggles, and that's like uh, playing off of you know the uh, like a like a boondog. And his favorite uh, favorite movie back in the day was um, Napoleon Dynamite, and you know they were selling those Moondoggle Boondoggle Goggles, and he wrote about that and. It's like, wow, if he can write, you know, write a song about Boondoggle Goggles, he can write a song about anything. And that very same album, he has a song called Starship Lumpia. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't let anything stop you from writing about it, <laughs> from writing about anything. You can write about anything and find inspiration anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. I, I like yeah. I guarantee. I told you lately is is a song about about God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can guarantee that like uh, all the most like prolific songwriters, they have like whatever you know silly little songs or whatever things to sing to whoever, mm-hmm. and they just don't you don't know about it because they don't put it on the album, but they they probably do have like a ton mm-hmm. of extra material that they wrote that they're like ah it's just like this <laughs> funny little thing that i i made you know i think like um john mm-hmm. mayer like he said like mm-hmm. he didn't want to put your body is a wonderland like on uh his cd because mm-hmm. like he thought like oh it's cheesy and it's corny but then the execs were like but this is what's gonna get radio plays and he's like i guess so if that's what you want but he was like at first like nah i don't really want to <laughs> be known as this guy Pigeon hold forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> play your bodies in wonderland <laughs> yeah 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 what is my, my what favorite, is his uh, favorite song oh my favorite non-album song that uh that she played yeah. live was mandy moore's babies on my feet <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. what's that song about <laughs> so if you if you look it up she'll like there's an interview where somebody asked her about it like on uh-huh. some talk show or something mm-hmm. and she'll, she she explains the the entire mm. thing but she would play it like on tour like every night on tour yeah nobody knew yeah. what it was about and it was just kind of like an inside joke between <laughs> her and her bandmates at the time yeah. so yeah yeah it's, like, it's, like a, catchy tune. <laughs> it's a catchy tune <laughs> i have a uh i have a song called like cmj which stands for cinnamon mary jane and mm. um i have i've gotten a bunch of questions as to like what you know uh, I mean, people know what the song is about. It's, just, it's pretty obvious, you know, but like, like, why'd you call it that? And whatever. It's like, because the girl that I'm singing about in that song, her screen name was Cinnamon Mary Jane. It's like, oh, is that like some kind of, you know, like a Mary Jane thing? It's like, no, well, Mary Janes are a shoe, <laughs> like a, a women's mm. shoe. And uh, and Cinnamon was like, I guess the color of the, color. the, the Mary Jane. Yeah, the Cinnamon Mary Janes. But I think for AOL uh, Instant Messenger back then, um, the full screen name was supposed to be Cinnamon Mary Janes with an s but like it, it was one letter too long for that for aim so it became center mary jane and people thought it was like you know reference to like other things and i'm uh-huh. like no it's about shoes yeah. <laughs> it's like women's shoes <laughs> i'm not that hardcore <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's about you know, Spider Man, right? I was gonna say, what's you guys' favorite song that, like, <laughs> yeah, Mary Jane, like that? Uh, you know that it, it's like, what's what? How do I put this? That it's um, 
like it's, you think it's, it's about like one a thing hidden meaning but like a completely different meaning yeah yeah, yeah one thing but it's it's another uh i don't know that uh, isn't uh, she lovely is what i always think about just because so many people get that wrong because <laughs> <laughs> mine is that have i told you lately that's like that's the one that i'm just like that blew my mind forever and my mind's still blowing <laughs> while you Aaron? Uh, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing really jumps out. Can't really think of anything right now. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, man. So yeah. So my my advice, Cameron, just just write. I mean, write write stuff. The, Anything the, and everything is inspirational. <laughs> the closest thing I can think of is like, um, uh, what is it? Slow dancing in a burning room by John Mayer. But I always think it, it's funny when mm-hmm. people go like, "Oh, this song is so romantic," but if you listen to the lyrics, it's like. I'm pretty sure this is a breakup song. Yeah, so two people like, breaking up. Yeah. 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 People talk or like how like they're not working. So it's like, I don't think this is a romantic song. I'm trying to think yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, well speaking speaking of writing songs, um mm. we're gonna push back our songwriting challenge then. Yes. Yeah. Uh because next week we have a we have a guest or two. Um, you know, we're gonna push our um our songwriting challenge by one week so our songs are not due for next week but they're due the week afterwards and for that means for those of you folks who are writing songs it will be due the week after uh, how, we usually uh, like to let you guys yeah extra week for everybody how, how about we have honest confessions right now who started working on their song uh-huh. Uh, I did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who started? Uh, Are you done with your song? Yeah. Aaron's the overachiever. It's kind of like it's no. kind of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, because like um, so like I had it all planned out, and then since we're not gonna do it on that mm. day, I'll just tell you guys. So like um, next week Thursday is June fourth, and that is the day okay. that um the las vegas casinos are gonna reopen which mm. is like uh, as soon as i heard it heard that i was like that sounds like a really bad idea you know and so i couldn't get it yeah. out of my head and so i wrote an entire song about because like you know oh, our, man, our parameters wait. are like a commercial right so it's kind of like come on down to yeah. vegas oh, <laughs> yeah it's a very the sarcastic wait. song oh, now i'm doing two weeks to hear that song yeah yeah, what it, but I, uh, I had it planned out so that it would come out on the day of. But like, that's okay. What if it just takes another week for the casinos to close again? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh, poorly yeah. timed. Who knows? I mean, it. it yeah, yeah, dude. Like, like, oh, fantastic idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> Here. Here on Kauai, like June first, things are going to start to open up. Like uh, speaking, mm-hmm. it actually pertains to us because um, yeah. June first, restaurants are going to open alongside musicians. Like musicians are going to start to be playing in restaurants in the first. I'm like, if they call us, I'm like, can we go July first? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to see if these cases spike first, and if they do, like, <laughs> yeah, nah, no yeah. thanks. Son. <laughs> do they like, do like, they make masks if, if that you can by, sing through? <laughs> You could just cut a hole just, just for the mouth. <laughs> uh, ineffective just for the mouth. Nose and mouth. <laughs> yeah. 
or like uh slip the lapel like through the mask into it so it, like you're always yeah, wearing it, it all, but yeah, yeah but then it'll just hear you like <sighs> guess, yeah. <laughs> like heavy breathing you go to the bathroom yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was i was like no nah, if if they call if rob's calls if oasis calls and stuff i'm gonna give it another month or two i'm like let me yeah. you watch everyone else do it and then i'll do it <laughs> you know like just <laughs> to be on the safe side that's my plan so i think even though they're opening it up i'm I'm gonna postpone it. I think that's a good amount of like a whoopsie, maybe too soon. <laughs> Turn around, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, whoops. Yeah, I ain't gonna be the guinea pig, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna be a guinea pig, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would love to go back to work though, because um, I don't know if you know if I can get serious a little bit. It's it's tough because like it's it, it's like the the funnest part of my you know my week and just in uh, a way to kind of let things kind of go be creative be artistic and just i don't know it's like a stress reliever but now that like i don't get to go on stage and it's kind of like a drug that you take like every you know every every week like for you know for a um just to make yourself feel good you know like you get the endorphins just, and- yeah endorphins <laughs> like if, if endorphins was in a pill form you know, <laughs> you know like that's that's what i would kind of you know like equate it to i would just and and i wouldn't i wouldn't take it and lately it's been kind of tough like I don't know. I'm playing like for my kid while she's like in her high chair, you know, like I, I, I have, um, high chair concerts for Ellie. Like I would just kind of like play my guitar and, and sing and whatnot. And it's, and I, <laughs> I would joke around, but I'm kind of a little bit serious. I'm like, why Ellie, you're not even going to clap for your dad. Like I was a good song. <laughs> Most people would clap for your dad. <laughs> it's like, if I was at Oasis right now, people would be dropping tips. Like, but you know, so you're, you're being a little rude right now to me, Ellie. <laughs> a little unappreciative. You know, people pay me to do this and I'm doing this for you for free. <laughs> this goes back to eating and clinking her glasses <laughs> exactly <laughs> she's, she's like staring like what why am i being scolded right now <laughs> it's like, clap after i finish the song you should clap have some respect your musician's daughter <laughs> but yeah i miss it dude i miss it so much but uh, i i don't miss it enough to like go back day one <laughs> so that is some good news though because like, I, I do want to get back i do want to get back what do you think Aaron? you think you want to go back like right away <laughs> oh i, I don't know <laughs> I, i'm i'm doing okay up until this month i think and <laughs> what do you mean because <laughs> i've been like I've, I've been using that uh the gig money to pay my rent you know? <laughs> right. and i stockpiled enough to get me through to this month <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm good i'm good until yeah, we, this month okay then, good so the, the month afterwards out, yeah. Once, yeah okay gonna see <laughs> we're gonna see facebook live videos from you aaron with like a venmo yeah, tip yeah. jar underneath yeah jar. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know uh, it's it's good though that things are reopening and things are kind of getting back you know um back to normal can't wait to be in the same room with you guys, you know, and then and, and do this. This is this has been fun, but there's you know no com- no comparing to when mm-hmm. I can look directly in Kahai's eyes and go, right, Kahai? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't that. believe I missed. I that. can't believe I'm gonna say that I I missed that too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you don't have a camera, I miss seeing your beautiful face, man. You know? Yeah. So yeah. 
I can't wait to get back to work, buddy. Okay. <sighs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Thursday Live Lesson. It's been Aldrin, Aaron, and Kahai. We'll see you folks next time. Stick around for one-on-one coaching, which is right after this. So uh, don't don't go anywhere. Just keep it here on Ukulele on the ground. Also, tomorrow we have a Lower Friday Live Jam. What else is uh? What else do we have, Aaron? Um, mm-hmm. on what is it? Monday, we'll have mm. a brand new lesson. Monday, brand new lesson. Also, fun one. I, I like I like that next lesson. <laughs> it's gonna mm-hmm. be it's gonna be good. Um, and I can't wait to start playing that for a little Friday. It's ah, it's awesome. I can't. I'm glad we did that song finally. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, okay, so have a great one, everyone, and we'll see you folks later. Aloha. Thank you.